If you're in the market for a new home, you might think that real estate agents are just for the seller. But buyers with real estate agents are smart shoppers, and the seller pays the commission. But buyers beware. Before you choose an agent, read our story. Choose agent carefully before buying a house when you hit moneypit.com. Just click on ideas and tips, then click repair and improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Don't look now, but your home improvement projects just got easier. What are you doing? What are you working on? Call us right now at 888 Money Pit. You're working on a home improvement project? Need some help getting it started? Maybe you're stuck in the middle of one and don't know how to get out? We can help you. We don't judge. We won't complain. We won't chastise you. We won't get you in trouble with your spouse either. <laughs> well, we might a little. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. We've got a great show in store for you today. That's right. Well, your kitchen counters—they're probably getting a good workout in your home, and it's the one room in your house that everybody loves. It's the heart of your house. You gather there to eat, you work in there, and you cook, of course. But if all of your counters are at the same level, you might want to make a few changes so that everybody can pitch in. You do want some help in there, don't you? We're going to help you out. We're also going to tell you what you can do to cut your annual heating bills in half. You need to do at least two things, good insulation and proper use of the thermostat. Now, the first one might be a little bit difficult to do because maybe you're not into replacing insulation, but with just a couple of tweaks of the way you use that thermostat, you can actually cut your heating bill substantially. We'll give you details on that in just a minute. And also this hour, we're giving away a great prize. It's a tripod flashlight from the folks at Stanley. It's worth 25 bucks, and it's perfect for projects in those little nooks and crannies because it stands on its own, so it's hands-free. I'm going to throw a dart and bet it has three legs. It, uh, tripod, correct. <laughs> so call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Leslie, who's first? Calling from New York City, we've got Jim on WABC. What's going on at your place? Well, I have a um, a townhouse, and on the second floor, I have one room that's like really squeaky. Okay, you have carpeting in that room. Yes, I do. Um, are you willing to take the carpet up to fix this? Um, if I have to, it's the only. Way to go? Yeah, I'm done. Well, there's two ways to fix it, and taking the carpet up is definitely the best way to do it. If you want to try something that doesn't require taking the carpet up, here's what you need to do. First of all, you need to identify where the floor joists are below the carpet. You can do that with a stud finder. The stud a finders deep today, one. yeah, they have a deep scanner that will go right through the carpet, through the subfloor, and identify where the joists are. Once you identify them, you can finish nail through the carpet. And it's best to use like a number 10 or 12 galvanized finish nail installed at a slight angle. You can nail right through the carpet, and you're securing the subfloor to the floor joists. That's where the squeak is coming from, because they're just moving against one another and rubbing and causing that sound. Exactly. And once you get done driving the nail in, you'll see that the carpet is depressed. It'll look like a dimple. But if you grab the nap, you can pull it up through the head of the finish nail and kind of brush it with your hand, and it'll disappear. Now, that works to quiet the squeaks, but because it's a nail and not a screw, it won't last as long as if you could pull back the carpet 
and then take black case-hardened drywall screws about two and a half inches long and actually re-screw that carpet along the entire area of the floor joist. If you do that, then the squeak will be definitely gone permanently. It'll never come back again. Okay. Now, somebody told me that possibly... The uh, the floor beams are 24 inches instead of 16 inches. Okay. Well, it could it could be, but that doesn't mean that, that that's causing the squeak. What's causing the squeak is the fact that the floor is loose. You need to tighten it up and stop the movement. That will make the squeak go away. Known to family and friends as the Plunger Man, we've got Jerry from Naples, Florida. What's happening at the toilets that you've got this nickname? Well, actually, I gave that name to myself because <laughs> I spent oh, so much time with the plunger in my hand. <laughs> and the toilets seem to, you know, continuously stop up, and I, I just can't figure out whether it's the paper that we're using. There aren't any particularly large people in this house. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. Is it a low-flow toilet? Is it a more modern toilet where it only uses 1.6 gallons of water? I, I, I don't think it's 11 years old, okay? Mm, was that be. popular 11 years ago? Yeah, it might be. You may have one of the first generations of those Is things. Is there which... a way to look at the toilet and see that, Tom? Uh, usually, oh, I could tell you in a second, when you look at the tank, you can tell that it's not like a four-gallon tank. It's like a smaller, you know, one-and-a-half-gallon tank. When but you there's look no at it. markations, a different nah, system Maybe. It could tank. be inside. But, you know, the toilet design has actually gotten a lot smarter over the last um, few years. The toilets are now using 1.6 gallons and less. We even saw one recently that used 1.1 gallon. And how is it possible that it's efficient with less water? Well, because they've completely redesigned the trap. And that's where, well, you know what, gets trapped. <laughs> it's the U-shaped part of the, of the toilet where all the waste gets flushed through. And they figured out how to, first of all, make that piping wider so it's it's easier to pass material More through. More accommodating? And, yeah. And will? also they've changed the angles so the angles are sort of softer, and there's no um, tension in the water as it passes through I like through how it. we're handling this very delicately. Yeah, we're delicately. doing very clean so far. Very good. And they've also changed the, uh, the flush valve design. In fact, American Standard has one that they call a flush tower design, and I think it's called their champion toilet line, where they basically have figured out how to get more water in faster, um, so it pushes everything down quickly and yeah, efficiently. Yeah, and the ad for the champion showed a larger gentleman enjoying a what I would call a <laughs> three-foot sub and then looking at the toilet, and the ad was, yeah, we can handle that or something like that. I saw. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it ain't so. It's true, Jerry. Hey, so you're in, in, in summary, you're trying to tell me that I've got a stupid toilet? Uh, pretty much telling you that your toilet probably um, is worth replacing. If you, uh, if you want to keep the Plunger Man uh, nickname, by all means, hang on to it. But we're thinking that you could probably give up the toilet and the Plunger Man nickname by getting a new John. Well, I did come out with a left-handed plunger. I, I, I don't know how well it will do. <laughs> by the way, what, what should we look for, though? I mean, you have any name brands that are, you think are... Yeah, I have, I have in my house the American Standard Champion. That's the name of the toilet champion. And and I think this summer they're coming out with another one, Champion 4, I hear. So uh, I think that that's probably a very good brand for you to get. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit, saying goodbye to Plunger Man from Naples, Florida. Calling in from Iowa, listening in on the Discovery Radio Network, we've got Charles. What can we do for you? Yeah, I was calling about a um, ventilation problem in the bathroom. Okay, what's happening? Uh, it seems to be when they built the house prior to me building it, we're the second owner. 
they basically put the uh, vent fan up there, but it exhausted directly into the attic. That's not good. And I'd like to perhaps uh, go to a bigger fan that displaces the air quicker. And what's the proper way to uh, vent it? Through the roof, or can I actually go to the, uh, I believe it's called the eave? Can I put, put a hole in there and have the, um, the ductwork kind of go, go to that point, or does it need to go out through the roof? Well, you're really talking about two projects. First of all, if you want to simply connect up a vent to the existing fan, that's a fairly simple project. Where you exhaust that, it's going to depend somewhat on the structure of that attic. A couple of things that you could do, you could exhaust it near an existing roof vent. This could be a ridge vent, a roof vent, or a gable vent. Or you could bring it through the side wall gable of the attic and then put in a, a vent termination on the outside that lets it only opens up when the fan is on. Now, you mentioned wanting to put a more powerful fan in there, draw more air to that space. One of the nicest ways to do that is to put one of these bathroom vent fans in where the actual motor is mounted up in the attic and only the duct connects to the bath itself. And the nice thing about a remotely located bath fan is that when you turn it on, you don't hear a fan. Okay. The air just pulls through, but you don't hear that loud sound of the mm-hmm. fan. We have one. It's by Newtone, and it looks like a ceiling can light fixture. It's small. It's similar to the ceiling can. You would think it's just a light, and the entire motor of the vent fan is mounted up in the attic. So it all comes out through around the light. So we get the benefit of the lighting and the benefit of the fan, but you would never know it was there. And that was uh, Newtone, you said? Mm-hmm. Newtone makes that one. And ours is vented through the side of the house. You know, if you're doing it yourself, you need to sort of figure out how good are you at patching this hole you're going to put either in the roof or in the side of your house or, you know, because the repair is extensive either way. And, you know, with a roofing situation, you're dealing with a lot of membranes and overlapping. You want to make sure that you're sealing up this obtrusion to the roof or the side of the house well. So think about your repair situation on the afterwards. Okay, but you had mentioned I could uh, go to an existing vent that's already in there. Correct. You could go to an existing roof vent or ridge vent or gable vent and then terminate that hose right near there. Okay, great. Charles, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. All right. Well, you know, spring is only a few weeks away, Money Pit listeners. It is time to start thinking about getting your outdoor space in shape. So call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know that number, 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, you can't make a good meal without your kitchen counters. But if yours are too cluttered or dimly lit, you might be losing out on a great prep space that can work for everyone. Up next, we're going to tell you how to make your kitchen counters neater and brighter. 888-MONEYPIT. Is dryness a problem in your home? Especially in winter months, dry air can make skin itchy. Make your throat and nose dry. I can't talk! And don't forget about static shock. It also causes walls, hardwood floors, and home furnishings to become dry and cracked. Put an end to dry air problems with an April Air Automatic Humidifier, the best cure for indoor air dryness. Never too dry, never too moist. Just the optimum amount of humidity based on outdoor temperatures. Protect your health, your comfort, and your furnishings by putting an end to dry air with whole home humidification from April Air. Now doesn't that feel better? (sighs) April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. 
When it's time to choose a new entryway for your home, choose the brand more building professionals prefer, Thermatrue Doors. Thermatrue pioneered the fiberglass door. Today, Thermatrue Doors come in more styles and colors than any other brand. Classic Craft represents Thermatrue's premium collection. Fiber Classic is Thermatrue's original wood grain fiberglass door. Or choose Smooth Star Fiberglass for the look of smooth painted wood. But no matter which Thermatrue entryway you select, you've chosen the most preferred name in the business. Visit Thermatrue.com. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools let you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools, and you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. So AARP has a series of tips for homeowners who want to improve their homes, make them safer and more comfortable. And I found these tips on their website, aarp.org slash home design. In the bathroom alone, I widened the door, installed brighter light bulbs, and put non-slip surfacing on the floor tiles. Instead of wishing my house had improvements, I'm making them. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. AOL's new real estate site has answers for just about everything a homeowner, buyer, seller, or renter may have. In fact, it's like they're reading your mind. Hello? Hello? Who said that? Me, down here. I'm AOL Real Estate. Got any questions about your house? Um, well, I feel a little strange talking to a website, but I do have a question about wooden siding. I live near a wooded area, and sometimes... Aluminum pie pans. I beg your pardon? Aluminum pie pans. Hang them from your eaves. Scares the bejeevers out of them woodpeckers. Wow, that's what I was thinking. Okay, I have a 60s style bungalow, and every once in a while... Four-inch retro-style moisture-proof tile in your bath. Lose that wet dog smell. That was weird. Okay, concrete driveway and... Vapor permeable sealer. Makes spills yesterday. Pink paint. Lead composition. Stabilize with 3-in-1 primer. Paint over with an Aegean blue. To match your eyes. I think I love you. AOL Real Estate. So smart, it's amazing. Go to realestate.aol.com to see our own answer man, Tom Kreitler, in action. Great hour. It's a great idea. It's the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Standing by for your calls at one eight 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 Money Pit. That's right, because one caller we're going to talk to this hour is going to win the Stanley Max Life tripod flashlight. And like Tom said, it does have three legs. It works handheld or hands free and can help shed some light on your current project. It's worth twenty five bucks. So give us a call now. One eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. 
Okay, so you want everyone to chip in and help with dinner, right? Heck yeah. Well, that includes your kids and your parents, too. If they're stopping by, I say put them to work. It might be time, <laughs> though, for some counter service. If your counters are probably around 36 inches from the floor, you might want to consider adding one that's at least 28 to 32 inches high. The kids will love it. Plus, you'll have an easier time chopping and kneading. If you make sure that there's knee space underneath and at least 27 inches of height, anyone who needs to even sit while they cook will be thrilled too. Not ready for a brand new countertop? Well, get a pull-out cutting board. That's an easy project to make and an easy project to install. All right, but getting rid of the clutter on your countertops, that's a little bit tougher. Now, you don't have to spend too much money, but you do have to be ruthless when it comes to organizing. You want to find a new home for everything. And then once you do that, take 10 minutes once a month. No big deal. You just want to make sure that things are staying in their new home. Hey, are your countertops in the shadows most of the time? Can't really see what you're doing? Then install some lights underneath all of your cabinets. Your eyes are going to feel better. Your work is going to be safer. You're going to have all 10 fingers at the end of your cooking project. It's not a bad idea. If you want some more great ideas, go to aarp.org forward slash universal home. And that website again is aarp.org rp.org forward slash universal home. Or you can call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Leslie, who's next? Mavis in New Jersey listens to the Money Pit on WABC. How can we help you in your Money Pit? I have, uh, I live in a split level and um, I have uh, two bathrooms upstairs and one downstairs. Now, um, recently I had a sour odor emanating from the sink downstairs when the sink is open. Mavis, is this a bathroom that you use not so often, or are you using it regularly? No, it's used regularly. And uh, also, sometimes I get a, a sour odor in the upstairs sink and um, and the shower. Okay, is it a sewage smell, or is it just is it some other smell? Um, I don't know. Uh, there's no blockage or anything. The drains in your sinks are U-shaped, and the U-shaped portion is known as the trap. And the reason Leslie asked you if you use it a lot is because if the sink is not used a lot, the trap will dry out. And if the water in the trap dries out, then sewage gas from the rest of the house can back up into the bathroom. No, they're, they're all used regularly. Then the next thing I would want you to check is to make sure that if you look under those sinks that you, in fact, have a U-shaped pipe there. If you don't have a trap, you could be getting sewage gas that's back up from the rest of the house. If you have a trap and you have and the bath is used regularly, there's really no source in that in that bathroom for that smell. It's certainly not in that sink. Now it could be coming from something else, but it's certainly not coming from the sink because the water acts as a gasket and seals the pipe from any uh, sewage odors that are downline from coming back up into that. The other thing that you could do is you could have the traps taken apart and perhaps they are become dirty or corroded or filled up with all sorts of things that get into bathroom sink drains, you know, hair, soap, all kinds of things like that. And that could be causing a bit of the odor. But short of that, I can't imagine anything in that sink that would be causing the odor because, again, with the waters in the trap, there's no way for gases to get back up the pipe. And that's designed to protect you that way. Dana in Florida is looking to reclaim some space. You've moved into the garage. Tell us about your new room. Hi. Well, what I've done is I've converted it into a rec room. I have air conditioning run in there, but I still have the garage door there, and I like to be able to seal up those openings from the garage door to the wall and still be able to, if necessary, remove the sealant so I can open the garage door. So you still have an active garage door? You've not completely sort of sealed it off or walled it off in any way, Dana? I, uh, yeah, I live in a homeowner's association, and they do not allow you to close off that wall. Ah, okay. I understand. 
Yeah, um, because if you didn't have this homeowners association looking over your shoulder, I would have told you to you know get rid of the garage door and put a real exterior wall there, because your situation now is you're trying to do just that. But you know you've got a very uninsulated garage door. You know garages are not designed to be part of the heated and cooled spaces in the home, so the doors are kind of not designed to give you any kind of insulation or sealing ability whatsoever. So everything you're going to do at this point, Dana, is totally stopgap measure. You follow me? Correct. So what you need to do is to kind of take advantage of the garage door sealing products that are out there now. I would start with the bottom door seal. You can get a rubber gasket that goes along that whole bottom door, and it might be available easier online because I doubt this is going to be available locally in Florida because it's something you would almost never do. But you would want to buy a, a bottom door gasket for that, and then you're going to want to weather strip all of the sides of that door. And the other thing I would do is I would get some foam weather stripping, and I would put it in between the panes of the door. If it's like a four-panel garage door, as the hinge sort of opens up those panels, I would put weather stripping in there. And then, you know, you bring it down. That's probably, frankly, going to be as tight as you can get it. Well, there's another thing you can do. If you get foam sheeting, like insulation foam sheets that are four by eight sheets and they're an inch, two inches, three inches thick, depending on what you're looking for. And you can find it in Florida because I've actually done this with while you were out in a Florida house and cut them into rectangular shapes that are the same exact size as those inset on the backside of those raised panels. If you were looking at it on the inside okay. and you uh-huh. can cover it with fabric or any sort of decorative paper. And then I used some sort of you know, liquid nails adhesive to pop it into that space because then you're taking that thin layer of aluminum and your or metal, whatever the door is made out of, and you're sealing it and giving it some sort of insulation, which will help it keep it cooler since you've got it air conditioned. Okay, so you say the bottom. I should get a bottom door gasket for the bottom part of the garage door itself. Check. And then uh, foam insulating for the panels of the garage door. Mm-hmm. And you can cover them with fabric, make them decorative, make it look like wallpaper or some sort of treatment. This way, it really is a detail to the room. And then weather stripping for all the other gaps. Got it? Weather stripping, yes. All right, Dana. Thank you very much for your help, guys. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. And it's good because when you put those foam um, insulating panels in there, you uh-huh. can still operate the door. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, the Homeowners Association puts a lot of restrictions on what you can do. So yeah, but what are they giving you? <laughs> They're giving you a consistent exterior. I would so rather you... be individual in my no, home's No, trust aesthetic. me. Trust me. You, you, you wouldn't. I, I used to be the president <laughs> of the Homeowners Association, and the stuff that like people think is attractive, like the storm doors with the old-fashioned buggies on them and stuff like that. And, oh, you've you just know, made half of our listeners cry. Hanging the college flag and, you know... You but know, it's all individual personality. You can't tell me what I can't do. Yes, I can if you live no, in my homeowners mm-hmm. association. I'm not moving into your neighborhood. <laughs> well, hopefully we gave Dana some good ideas on what to do with his garage door. Me and my purple house are going somewhere else. You are listening to The Money Pit. So when the snowstorms stop and the cleanup begins, don't forget to clear the roof over your head. You can do it without even ever leaving terra firma. We're going to tell you how next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
Welcome back to the Money Event Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Okay, let's talk about snow. If you get a really heavy snowfall, it can cause a roof to collapse. What happens is, usually in the situation is that the water, the rain, comes right after the snow or it melts quickly, and that really adds a lot of weight to the roof. And since the snow is sort of built up there, it has a hard time getting off, and you can get roof collapses. So what do you do? Well, you get a snow rake. It's a long handled aluminum rake. You can operate it from the ground, simply pop it up on the roof, pull it towards you, and it pulls the snow off of the roof. Ah, but the trick is finding where to stand so it doesn't go right on your head. Yeah, exactly. Well, if it was my house, the kids would want to stand under it because they just like all the stuff. <laughs> Do it again. Get. Well, if you have icy spots like around the gutters and the downspouts, you can use a de-icing agent like calcium chloride to soften that ice. If you need more great tips on how to get rid of snow around your house, the easy way, you can visit us at moneypit.com. Just click on ideas and tips. Leslie, who's next? Eddie in Queens, New York, listens on WABC, and you've got some noisy heat pipes. What's happening? Tell us about it. Well, we uh, built the house about four years ago, and we really didn't move in until about two years ago. And uh, whenever we turn the heat on, we hear a lot of clanking noises. Uh, what kind of heat do you have, Eddie? Is it forced air or is it hot water? Uh, it is radiant and forced air. So radiant in terms of baseboard? Radiant heat in the, in the floors in a basement and the first floor, okay. and the forced air is upstairs. Well, it's probably what you're hearing is expansion and contraction of the of the pipes and or the ducts. Do you notice if it's more in one zone than the other? Uh, it seems like it's in the walls and it sounds like the pipes. Probably what's happening is as the pipes were installed into the wall, they may be a bit too tight to the studs. And as they heat up, they expand. And sometimes that can sound quite loud because the sound transfers you know, through the plumbing and through the wall structure. But basically what you're probably hearing is the friction of the pipe as it expands rubbing on the wall cavity. It's actually a very common condition in a bathroom when you turn hot water on. You'll hear this like almost sounds like a loud dripping sound, but it's this crick, crick, crick sound as the pipe expands and rubs against the wood that, that's making that noise. And it's not destructive. It's just more of an annoyance than anything else. So as long as the heating system is performing normally otherwise, I wouldn't give it too much concern. Just chalk it up to the charm of your house. Okay. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Eddie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. And he can use it to his advantage when he's telling ghost stories to the kids. That's right. <laughs> Water pumps are on Steve in Missouri's mind. What can we do for you? Hi, I've got a, a two-story home, and it seems like I have a hard time getting hot water up to the second level. I have to wait a few minutes, and I was considering putting in a hot water recirculation pump and was wondering if they were worth the cost and effort to put them in. Well, there's two costs you have to be concerned about, Steve. Number one is the install cost, and number two, which can be potentially even more expensive, is the loss of energy. Because what's going to happen is if you're circulating that hot water, the domestic hot water, back through the water heater all the time, the water heater is going to run like a heck of a lot longer than it's running right now. It has a, it has a 24-hour timer, so you can set the, the, the peak times that you want to... Okay. You're saying that the pump itself has a timer? Yes, the pump itself has a 24-hour timer. Okay, well, that's fine, except just be advised that for all the hours that that's going to run, I mean, I presume it's going to be running, you know, from when you wake up in the morning to when you go to work, maybe when you come home at night to when you take your showers and so on. 
you know, it could probably quadruple or more the cost of heating your water. So will it work? Yes, but there are uh, some hidden costs associated with that that you need to be aware of. I got to tell you that it's going to be less expensive for you just to run hot water than it is to probably put that pump in and spend uh, the money heating the water. You might be better off just running the hot water until it gets hot because it is probably the farthest one away. If you're going to keep hot heated the whole way, remember that pipe is going to be hot all the way from the water heater to the faucet all the time. And um, that means it's going to be a lot more expensive to heat that water because all of the space that pipe runs through the wall, it's going to be hot. And those pipes are not insulated. You can't insulate them now because they're kind of buried in the walls. They're buried in the ceilings, and you just can't get to it, Steve. So if you want to put a recirc pump in, you can, but just keep in mind it's going to cost you a lot more. Steve, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Moisture management is on Jim's mind in Mississippi. How can we help? My question was, uh, we pulled some drapes out of the wall, uh, and the screw, when it came out, had rust on it, so it led me to believe that there was moisture in between the walls. And I was wondering uh, how I would be able to get rid of the moisture or um, find out where the leak would be coming from. Maybe, maybe not. I don't necessarily believe that you have a moisture problem in your walls just because you pull that one rusty screw. There could be a lot of humidity in the mm-hmm. house that caused that, especially in Mississippi. Okay. So I wouldn't go searching for it just based on pulling one screw out. Was it a really long screw? Was it in the middle of the wall? I mean, it, it, Of course, the original walls were wood, and uh, then they were sheetrocked over. And we had installed the drapes when we moved in, and we were moving the drapes, and when we pulled it out, the screw uh, had rust on it. And I didn't know if I was going to need to actually go into the wall to figure that out or not. Yeah, I can see how living in Mississippi that you need to watch every source of moisture because you never know when it's going to sneak up And it's most likely you. just condensation from using your air conditioning. Yeah, it's probably okay. just condensation, Jim. I wouldn't get too worried about that. Well, thank you so much, because there is an air conditioning vent right up under the window. Well, there you oh, go. Oh, that's totally what it is. <laughs> yeah, Leslie's psychic, Jim. She knew that. Oh, very good. Thank either you that so or much. She's been, either that or she's been stalking you. <laughs> and the new drapes look fantastic, Jim. I love where yeah, you put by them. by the way. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Robert in Virginia listens on WSVA. What's going on with your front porch? Well, I have a crack that runs from the front door to the stairs. It's about four feet long, and it's about an eighth of an inch wide. And it, the house is 15 years old, and it looks like it was a settling crack from a long time ago. I've tried to fill it in with a thin set mortar, which just cracked right off. Yeah, because it's not going to adhere. Yeah, the mortar is not going to adhere because the mortar is not very expansive. It's just going to flake right off, as you discovered. The best way to to repair this is with a caulk or an epoxy patching compound. A caulk, that's say a silicone caulk, if it's not going to be painted, you could use a clear silicone caulk. If it's going to be painted, you would have to use a latex product. Um, or you could use an epoxy patching compound, but it sounds, since it's just a very thin crack, that just some gray silicone caulk would work fine with this. Are you concerned about the cosmetics? Yeah, and I, I wanted to put that pretty uh, shiny stuff on the front porch because it's a smooth concrete. You wanted to seal it? Well, the stuff you use in the garage. On oh, the, the, garage. Okay. the epoxy coating. Those are epoxy coatings. Yes. You yeah, want no to make sure, especially since this is the front entrance to your home, you want to make sure that you get one that has a grit to it, something that's going to be pretty much non-slip and not skid. Sometimes there's an additive that you can put in, but you want to make sure you get one that works well with the epoxy kit. comes in a kit, good price, very easy to follow. All the steps are there, and it really does a nice job. All right, thank you. You're welcome, Bob. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
Thanks for listening to The Money Pit. So when the temperatures go down, your thermostat usually goes up and up and up, and so does your heating bill. That's right. It's the time for leaky wallet disease. Uh, We just got a really bad one from last month. I don't even want to talk about it. Up next, we're going to tell you what the U.S. Department of Energy says is the best way to keep those heating dollars from flying right out the door and out of your wallet. Money Pit! Mold is in your house. Chances are, it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper, which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper face drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides, and no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. Table saw. <laughs> 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Give your home an attraction that reaches all the way to the curb at a Classic Craft fiberglass entryway from Thermatru. Classic Craft, a stunning AccuGrain technology, captures all the beauty and luxury of premium hardwood, but won't split, crack, or rot. Add a sparkling custom touch with decorative glass door tiles, side lights, and transom, too. When you do, studies show your home's perceived value rises as much as 6%. Let the curb appeal of a classic craft entryway enhance your home's look and value. Visit Thermatrue.com. I want to keep my home for as long as I can because there are a lot of memories here. I read a little bit about making my house more comfortable and wanted to make my mom's house safer too. AARP told me about making mom's bedroom door wider and taping down her floor rugs. And I added handrails to our staircases. It was all simple and inexpensive thanks to AARP's tips. Now our homes fit our lifestyles and are ready for years to come. To bring comfort, safety, and a future to any home, visit us online at aarp.org slash home design. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, making good homes better at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Call us right now. We're giving away a $25 Stanley Max Life tripod flashlight. You can use it as a spot or a floodlight. It helps you get those home improvement projects done. If you're working at night, call us right now, 1-888-MONEY-PIT. All right. So according to the U.S. Department of Energy, we were talking about saving energy dollars because it's cold out there and most of your money is going into your heating bills. I can guarantee it because mine is. And I'm doing everything right, folks. So listen to these words of advice. So according to the U.S. Department of Energy, home insulation, an efficient and properly maintained heating system, and a reasonable thermostat setting is a great combination to lower those bills. Together, they can cut your annual heating bill by as much as one half. Now, for your thermostat, you should keep your thermostat at a couple of consistent settings for the entire heating season. A clock setback thermostat is going to help you keep it around 68 degrees while you're at home, which I would be freezing at, but I like sweaters too. And uh, you want it down to about 62 to 64 while you're sleeping or if you're not going to be at home. And remember that if you have a heat pump at your house, you want to make sure that your clock setback thermostat is specifically designed for a heat pump system. Very important. You also want to get rid of any air leaks. Now, this includes insulating the attic or the walls and replacing weather stripping around windows and doors, or perhaps even replacing your existing windows and doors with insulated ones. Now, if you're going to replace those windows and doors, you also want to make sure that before the new ones are installed, that you take the extra step of properly flashing them. That's what causes the leaks. They must be properly flashed, and the way to do that is with a self-adhered premium flashing product. We like Grace Vicor Plus. It's a great product because it seals the gaps in the frames from air and even moisture infiltration. If you need more tips on how to cut your drafts and how to efficiently heat your home, you can visit Grace's website at graceathome.com. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Greg in Virginia listens in on WJFK. You've got a leaky outside faucet. Why is it still on right now? It's winter. No, it's off now. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, that's the only thing I figured out how to do is, is turn it off from the inside but it's going to start leaking again when I need to use it. And I don't think the answer is to keep turning it on and off. Where is the leak? Is the leak outside or within the wall going to the outside of the faucet? It, it looks it's dripping directly from the faucet onto the sidewalk outside in front of my house. Well, Greg, there's two things you can do here. I mean, you could rebuild that faucet and replace the seat, and that would probably fix it. Or you could simply replace the entire faucet. Now, wait a second. Did you drain it when you turned it off from the inside wall? Did you go outside, open it up, and drain it out? Yes. Okay. So it's not like there's something still in there. No, no. It's not leaking now. Um, okay. And the reason I turn it off is because in Virginia, you know, it gets ice. It'll get oh, yeah, ice. sure. Well, you know, replacing the faucet is not that hard to do, and sometimes that may be the most cost-effective way to go. Um, you want to make sure that you install a, a frost-proof hose bib, it's called, and that's designed to be less likely to freeze and break. Now, even though it's called frost-proof or frost-resistant, you still need to turn the water off. Okay. In the wintertime. Yeah, last year at the Builder Show, Moen introduced one called the Outdoor Sill Faucet, which gives you hot and cold water from a single fixture. You just have to run an additional hot water line to your outdoor faucet. But if you ever have the need, it's quite fantastic and reasonably priced. Yeah, very handy to wash the car or mm -hmm. wash the dog. <laughs> That's great. Okay, I'll try that. All right, Greg, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Listening in on WGIR, we've got Donald in New Hampshire. What's going on with the light humming in your house? Tell us about it. I was replacing a dimmer switch, okay. which controls uh, a light in my foyer in an outside spot. Now, 
Now, the outside spot hasn't been working because I've replaced that bulb and it hasn't been working for a long while. So when I put the new dimmer switch in, I got a buzzing at the foyer light. So you have a foyer light and you have a spotlight that's on the same switch? Yeah. That's kind of unusual to have an inside and an outside light on the same switch, isn't it? Well, it was an electrician that owned the house before. Oh, and I'm sure you had a reason to do that, huh? (laughs) The foyer light, describe the kind of foyer light that you have. Just a... Just an overhead lamp. Because I can tell you that some types of light fixtures tend to make a humming sound or sort of almost like a whining sound. I know, for example, in in my home, I have these two sconce lights that are on the wall. And whenever we have the dimmer on at different levels, it makes sort of a humming sound. And it has to do with the cycles of electricity running through the bulbs and also pulsing and making that noise. Um, But the best thing to do here is to have an electrician look at this because, first of all, the circuit sounds mighty unusual to have both an inside and an outside light on the same switch. And it might be that this was originally set up for two switches that were combined to one, and it could be that you're pulling too much power on that dimmer, and that could be causing the electrical problem as well. Donald, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, okay, Money Pit listeners, is your garage floor looking a bit worse for wear? Well, there are several ways you can spruce it up. And up next, we're going to tell you what they are and how to do the job yourself. You live in a Money Pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Dense Armor Plus, the revolutionary paperless drywall from Georgia Pacific. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. one money pit What's your home improvement question? All right, is it to rent or to buy? That is the question. I know, it's always the question. To rent or to buy, that is the question. Indeed. Well, if you're not sure which option is right for you, in our next e-newsletter, we're going to help you figure it out. We're going to tell you about the hidden costs of each and what works best with your lifestyle. You want a lot more information and you want it delivered to you free every Friday? Well, then you should sign up for our free weekly e-newsletter. It's delivered every week, like I said. It costs nothing, and it's chock full of info that's going to keep you really happy. And while you're on our website, moneypit.com, you can also email us like Charles did in Tampa. That's right. Charles says, I just reorganized my garage, getting everything off the floor. Now I notice how grotesque my floor looks. (laughs) Grotesque is a bad decorating word. Yes, that's pretty bad. Is there a low-cost option to pretty it up in a masculine sort of way? (laughs) It's very specific. It's a cement floor. It seems to have been treated by the previous owner to help prevent staining. All right. Well, Charles, if you're looking for something masculine, definitely stay away from the color pink. But if that's your favorite color, no worries. Go for it then. You got a couple of options. First, let's talk about epoxy coatings. These are usually going to be sold in kits. They come with a variety of products. You put them on in a variety of steps, follow the directions. They're very easy to keep track of. The first step is usually going to be a cleaner. Then there's a primer. And then there's a top coat that's mixed with an epoxy, which which is going to dry and be very, very durable. The color is embedded in this coating, so it's going to stay very well. And some of these even come with a sprinkle mixture, so you can add sort of this retro speckled look to the floor, which is masculine and fun. There's a couple brands who makes these. Uh, the manufacturers are Rustoleum, Quickcrete, and Bear has a very good one. So choice is yours. 
and in a masculine sort of way, the speckles also hide the dirt, Charles. Exactly. You know, concrete can also be painted as well, but before you do that, you need to, of course, thoroughly clean the floor and get rid of any stains. TSP, trisodium phosphate, works very well to uh, clean the floor. You can find that, by the way, in the paint aisle of the hardware store or the, or the Home Improvement Supercenter. And once you use that, you need to make sure that you let it dry thoroughly and then prime it with a concrete coating primer, specially made for concrete. Finished with a paint made specifically for use on a garage concrete floor. And most are going to contain, again, epoxy so that you have good adhesion. That's the key. All right. Now, lastly, you can choose some floor tiles. And floor tiles, they come in a variety of options, and they are all specifically made for the garage floor. There's a great website. It's called AmericanGarageFloor.com. There's a ton of choices. They're going to go over each. You can look for, you know, those oversized rubber tiles. They're shaped like puzzle pieces. They come in a variety of colors, pink or black. Choice is yours. Others are a rigid plastic. They're going to interlock, and they can look like anything from diamond plating to a smooth surface. So, again, lots of choices. It's up to you, Charles. Okay, another question here from Jim in Detroit, Maine. He says, can you please describe further what a popcorn ceiling looks like? I read an article which talks about asbestos in ceiling material, and I'm trying to determine if it was used to remodel parts of my 100-year-old house. Well, generally, when we're talking about a popcorn ceiling, Jim, it is uh, a ceiling that was installed probably in the 80s. The 80s was a very common time for popcorn ceilings. It was a textured ceiling mix. And so if you have a 100-year-old house, you're probably not going to be looking at a popcorn ceiling. But if you're ever trying to determine if your home contains, has any asbestos whatsoever, you need to take a sample, send it to a lab, and have it read because it cannot be visually identified. And the good news is, Jim, if you don't know what a popcorn ceiling looks like, chances are you don't have one. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. It's been a great hour. We hope we gave you a lot of good ideas. And we want to remind you that if you missed anything this hour that you want to hear again, or perhaps you missed a tip and you want to look it up because you were driving and it would be dangerous to write it down just <laughs> Yeah, then. writing and driving don't mix. You can go to moneypit.com. You can listen to our podcast 24-7, or you can download our transcripts, and you'll have all the information you need at your fingertips. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.